Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, I'm Helen, the owner of Helen's Wines. It's a wine shop, it's a little gem box. There's two of them in Los Angeles. They're located in the back and in the front, actually, back to front, back to front, of a restaurant called John and Vinny's. My business partners and I, John and Vinny and Helen, we're all real people. We own it together, and uh, we're, we're making power moves in the Italian wine world. But this is my podcast, Wine Face. Wine Face is breaking down the ins and the outs of wine. We're educating. We're myth-busting. We are demystifying. We are giving you a leg up in your education and appreciation of wine. And today, I'm super excited because Aries vibes are real. We got the Aries vibes. I have Aries all around me. Alex is an Aries, my partner. John Shook, my business partner, is an Aries. One of my oldest friends, Amanda Bacon, is an Aries. And you know what's really crazy is they all have the same goddamn birthday, April 8th. So twist, what does it mean? I have no idea, but it's pretty cool. Aries are my best friends. Today we got um, someone I'm super excited to bring on to the pod to talk about really important things, but it's also very important that my wine face community get to know her. Her name is Sasha. Sasha Fierce. No, her name is Sasha. And uh, we're talking about some fiery shit today. Sasha is my wine director at Helen's Wines on Fairfax. So if you go into that shop and you ask for Sasha, she's definitely going to be there. No, she's not there all the time, but she's there a lot of the time. It's kind of like me, like we're there, but we're not there. No, we're there. But she's the best. She's worked with me for well, we're going to ask her how long she's worked with me because I think it's almost a year, but maybe I'm totally backwards and it's longer than that or it's two years, maybe four. I don't know. Time. It's a vortex. We don't, we're, I'm not bound by those constraints, but we're talking about cool shit today. We are talking about being a woman, working in wine. What does it mean? All of these things, our favorite female winemakers. Anyway, let's give it up. Round of applause for Sasha. Sasha in the building. First time. Hello, Sasha. Hello, Helen. (laughs) Welcome to Wine Face. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Wait, how long have you worked with me? (laughs) Am I insane? Almost two years. Almost two years. It I really don't have a concept of time. I actually thought Madison had worked with me for four years, but then I realized it was two when before she left, because Mad Dog left. And that's okay. So you started working for me two years ago. 
how did you start working for me? I started working for you because I saw your very first uh, ad posted for a sum. Oh my and God. I responded. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I think David Rossoff gave you this glowing sure recommendation. And he was like, you'd be stupid not to hire her. She's one of the most brilliant women. And I was like, okay, David Rossoff. He did it in a text to both of us. Yeah. I thought it was very bold. But it was very appreciative of that. Also. I know. Yeah. We love David. He's the best. And I was like, whoa strong wreck and like David Rossoff is not easily impressed it is very true (laughs) I can tell you firsthand (laughs) and the thing that I like that he said I think is that like she should be somewhere where she will be appreciated for what she's super good at and I appreciate you and I'm so happy to have you you. on my team I appreciate David we appreciate everybody so what did you do before Helen's Wines. Have you always been into wine? Give us a little 411 on Sasha. Totally. Um, I started working in restaurants about 15 years ago now, so very long time ago. Uh, I've worked in many positions, but I, in LA, have worked in really great restaurants with great wine programs. I've been very fortunate in that sense. And I think just working in places like Osteria Moza, Hinoki and the Bird, um, with great, huge prolific wine lists uh, really inspired me to move more in that direction, kind of focus in on the wine versus, you know, the more general restaurant life. That's some pedigree. Yeah. Hinoki and the Bird's so good. I feel like people always forget about it because it's in like the weird Wilshire it. corridor, yeah. but it's so good. Go, go to go to Hinoki and the Bird. Yeah. What was like one of your do you remember like an aha moment wine? Like, oh, fuck, this wine's so good. Wine is amazing. I want to get in the bottle. Oddly enough, yes. Um, it's not uh, not the first wine that ever did this to me, maybe, but maybe the first wine that like made me think, hmm, maybe this is a, a real passion I have is the Eclevy wines, Ooh. which is so funny because we are pouring them BTG yes. right now. But um, she, yeah, those wines just are like, really special and magical and were so different from anything I had had before. And I loved the story. And I think those wines were introduced to me by Taylor Parsons, another person who was just really good mentor to me throughout the years. But he, the way that he told her story was very like moving. Tell us the story because it is about female winemakers, our fave female winemakers, Eclevis and Freely. We're talking about the Ribola Giallo that we're pouring by the glass, but tell us what was the inspiring. Give us that. Take us on that brambly path. Totally, totally. Just being given this beautiful picture of, you know, this super, super steep-hilled winery right by the river in Friuli and this really specific soil type and terroir and tiny, tiny, tiny vineyards and this really harsh winter environment that takes so much love and care to manifest into this this really beautiful kind of just beautiful wines that they yeah they're they're like I think what the reason they're hard to it's like they they straddle so many flavor profiles in some ways like they're magical unicorns in a bottle and you take a sip of like the Ribola for example and you're like oh it's dry but then you're like but it has minerality but it's not really acidic and then it's like very like a babbling brook on your palate. Like you could just keep getting on that lazy river forever and ever and ever. Totally. And I think uh, they're also really interesting wines because they taste different than you're going to expect them to taste. Ooh, so twist. I think uh, somebody actually said this to me in the restaurant the other day. Ribola Giala is really commonly made into like a skin contact wine or an orange wine, mm. but they 
really focus on the white in this particular place. And it is so hard to understand from a beginning wine perspective, having no frame of reference for like what is Ribola Giala, but yeah. then so easy to understand on the palate. Ooh, yeah, I guess that's true. It's very translatable. Yeah. And it's approachable. Totally. I think that's super interesting because I feel like I understand why people would want to do extended skin contact with Ribola Giala because if you aren't an, an attuned taster or if you're not really like trying to see the magic in every glass of wine, which if you go to Helen's, you really should be trying to see the magic in every glass. I sure uh, do. You know, they spark joy. They we do. are. We Marie Kondo that shit. But uh, is that it? Some people could think it has like a basicness to it or right. a flatness that right. actually that's what's so beautiful about it. And you have to look beyond that to the secondary notes of what is so mellifluously amazing about it. Absolutely. Mellifluous is like such a cool word. Um, <laughs> and she, a woman. Well, Eclevy, shout out. I know we have so many amazing female winemakers in the shop. We're going to shout them all out at the end. But you and I talk about this a lot. And I thought it would be cool. And we thought it would be cool, actually, to kind of open the discussion up on Wine Face. Because I think it's something I get asked a lot about in interviews or when I do panels um, about being a woman in a male-dominated industry. Two of the people who mentored you that you just mentioned were both men. They're very mm -hmm. feminist-facing men. Yes. but. I think it's a, a vast common experience for most female wine buyers or sommeliers to kind of be the odd person out. I, this is changing, but has this something been something that you've experienced in your life, like being put in a position where your femininity or the fact that you're a woman is highlighted more than the fact that you're a som? Oh, absolutely. All the time. I mean, I think it's really challenging to be totally honest with customers. One of the things I hear all the time that I think I hear because I'm a woman is, oh, you're so young. You must not know very much. Yeah. And it's, you know, people We got usually, birds for brains. Yeah. People, people usually say it a little bit more like cheeky than that, thinking it really, really cute. But um, no, that something that happens all the time. I think also being praised for being a woman is... Such a funny... Like, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. say that to me a lot. Like, good for you. Yeah. You you have a wine... Do you have two wine shops? Good for you. I was like, yeah, good for me. What? Yeah. It's hard it's so work got crazy. me here. So crazy. I think one thing that we sort of sparked this conversation was someone did an Instagram post. Doesn't matter who. But someone in the wine community, I think it's this happens in every profession. And where it was a picture of like the female Psalms on their team. And they were like, shout out to the lady Psalms. And it was such an interesting moment where I like got so annoyed by it. And I was just like, why can't they just be Psalms? Like, and I talked to Sasha about it and she was like, I know this drives me crazy too. And I think it's such an epidemic of like the, the male, the male mindedness of society and that like women getting it for themselves and doing it too. They need a classification of like, it's a female song, like a woman doctor. Right. And we should all be applauded for that as if it's like a much bigger accomplishment, you know, because we're women and then because we are less, you know, because of the womanhood. I mean, <laughs> it's such a circular problem. But I mean, the ultimate point to me is always, like you just said, we're, I mean, yes, we are women and we are psalms and we are professionals. We're not women professionals or lady professionals. We are professionals, the same as any man or anybody else in the world. And I 
it's like a point that drives me all the time. Yeah, we're at such an interesting, weird time in life where like there is a gender neutral voice now that could be Siri or could be in your car, could be like the computer Alexa voice. They like took uh, like a hundred voices and made a gender neutral voice. You can change your gender to they, which is very interesting. They, us, I like you can, that. you can change your driver's license, which is very cool. So you can be genderless on documentation. But yet there's like so much of the country. I mean, Mad Dog told us a story about those weird Southern dudes at that wedding who were told her she was crazy to wear red and she was unmarried. Wore a red dress to a wedding and was scolded by 50-year-old men. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. But this blew my mind. Yeah. It really did. I was like, wait, what century is it? (laughs) You shouldn't have been like, guys, you're colorblind. This is black. By the way, 70% of all men are colorblind. Um, just fun fact. And they don't, and most men <laughs> don't, don't admit know. it. But I think the important thing is I'm such a big fan of men. I'm a champion of men. I'm a champion of all people. I really am a lover. But I remember when I started at Animal and like the whole time I was at Animal, like nine years ago, people would come in and I was often up at the front, you know, greeting guests. And then I, they would see me when they come in and I would be there with the host and then they'd sit down and then they would ask to speak to someone about the wine list. And then it would be me again. And they would be like, oh no, we wanted to actually talk to the sommelier. And I'd be like, it's me. And they were like, oh no, but you're the host. And I was like, I am not the host. And this happened all the time. And the other thing that would happen a lot would be, I would recommend a wine and are you sure? Are you sure it's good? Yes. Do I have I get the... that all the time? Yeah. St- which is crazy. It's so much in the time that we live in. That that just, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure. I I walk up to tables all the time and see looks of surprise on people's faces, and I can't tell. I have to imagine that at least part of it is still because I'm a woman. Yeah. It's a weird world, but I think the world is changing, especially in the wine community. The one thing I will say is, for the most part, I've kind of been immune to it in that I decided not to engage with it on this level. I've decided not to like think about the opportunities that I've been passed up on or any sort of like nepotism that has been overlooked because I'm a woman in wine. I decided that I would be immune to the fact that I'd be like the only woman in a room when there was a bunch of dudes and to try and interact on a human level. And I think that it's important to like set that example for our teams. We have men and women on our teams, but Mm. I think it's something that I would love all the listeners to consider that um, when it comes to being a sommelier, it's not like being an athlete where even that is turning into a very interesting debate with people who are transitioning genders playing on certain teams. Everybody who's in wine can taste and think about it the same exact way with the same exact courage of their convictions. Totally. And in fact, one thing that I always like to empower women with is, uh, so in wine, we talk about being able to taste wine, right? That everybody has different tastes. Everybody has different ability to train their palate. But actually, from a physiological perspective, women tend to be better tasters than men. Hmm. So all of those are you sure's out there. You just food for thought. We're goddamn sure, guys. We're sure. <laughs> we are sure. This we're uh this is the wine watchdog. So <laughs> wine watchdogs are back about Lady Psalms. I also think that, you know, someone I really looked up to coming up in the ranks of wine was someone like Carolyn Stein, who's um amazing 
sommelier business owner in Los Angeles. She and her partner, Suzanne Gowen, who, you know, I'm sure we could talk to chefs and yeah. female chefs have the same thing as Lady Psalms. Totally. A female chef is also a chef that's just Absolutely. being classified that she's a female. You know, she was a huge inspiration to me, but I think other people in the wine world don't deserve the credit that is due. You know, our friend Marissa Ross, I think she gets the backlash a little bit sometimes as well. And she's the wine editor for Bon Appetit. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I mean, she is an authority and a voice and a perspective on wine. And I think that it is often belittled and sometimes... I wonder if it's partly because she's a woman. But and not afraid to talk about it also. Not afraid to blow that shit up. Totally. Shout out Marissa Ross. Hey. I love you, girl. <laughs> um, let's go vintage shopping. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Informing Helen's to me, you know, when we were forming John and Vinny's and Helen's, we were like, thought of a lot of different names, but we always kind of knew we were going to call it John and Vinny's and we always kind of knew we were going to call it Helen's and we were like... These restaurant, well, this restaurant where we were opening Fairfax is such like an amalgamation of who we are and our passion and our love for this industry. And it's like where we've come to in our careers. And we're also like, we're in LA. It's kind of ironic. Like we'll name it after, we'll brand ourselves. I don't think we were seriously trying to do that, but it was more about a labor of love. Pink was always what we all thought that Helen should be even though I am not such a girly girl. So no. I thought it was really cool to embrace the pink. And I think people like see the cool little pink neon sign. And especially people who know about wine, they walk in and then are like, oh, fuck. Like there's some serious wine in here. Yeah. Damn. I've always, I've to be totally honest, I've always wondered about the pink. Not because I think it's, you know, a bad choice, but just knowing you. And yeah. <laughs> the pink. It's, I've always been curious. Yeah. I don't really own many pink things, but... Yeah. I thought it was cool to kind of break down those color barriers that like pink, you can be feminine and you can be girly and you can also be really smart and you can also be very intellectual about wine. You can you can do all the things and that like color boundaries don't set the boundaries. This is something I think about actually a lot in the restaurant because I think in this industry in particular, women who work in restaurants professionally almost always are really encouraged to act like men in order to you know, fit in. Yes. So to be part of the team, especially in the kitchen, but also in the front of house and especially in wine, people kind of encourage you to like bro out yeah. in order to fit in. Yes. So I, I mean, I, I appreciate the pink as I think it's a good statement. I love that. Oh, oh, so many years ago, like 11 years ago when I did the quartermaster sommeliers and it's changed a lot since then, I would like to say. So this was my experience almost a decade ago because I love the court and I respect it. I don't love it. Like, I like it. I don't, I'm not in it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm overdoing it because I don't want, it's not a criticism, but part of my reaction to it and why I didn't proceed past level two was it felt very much like I was a woman being mushed into a male culture. And I, based on like what I was made to wear, like, Absolutely. I, I was like, I don't understand why I have to wear a suit. Like I could dress differently and it would still be quote unquote professional. Totally. It's an interesting life. It it's really an interesting is. life. Um, let's talk about some of our fave female winemakers in the shop. Yes. Yeah. There are so many. There's so many. This is the great thing to me about, uh, sitting down and making this list was like, I, at first when you start thinking, okay, female winemakers, who are they? You wonder 
how many you're going to be able to come up with. And as soon as we started listing them, it was just floodgates. There yeah. are so many. There's so, so many more many than I thought. I know. I know. And it's hard to just, I would never buy wine just like only to buy a female winemaker because it's not really my belief. I really right. want to support the maker and like it should be genderless. But I do hope in supporting them that they will open doors for more women winemakers. Totally. Like I tasted wine with these women from Georgia and we're going to be getting their wines in the shop towards the end of April, which is super exciting. And I can't pronounce half the shit. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> we need to get a Georgian expert in here. Like maybe Taylor Parsons needs to come can't on the wait. podcast. But <laughs> these Bring female it. winemakers were like the barriers to entry as a woman making wine in Georgia have been really, really hard and we are doing it and we are doing it together and they're making some fucking badass wine. So stay tuned. So who do you love that we support that's a female winemaker? I mean, I love Elisabetta Foradori. Yes. I think about her all the time. She's <sighs> like my idol. Oh, and she's an Italian winemaker. She is Italian. Um, she works in a couple of different Italian regions now, but and she has a couple of different projects, which I think is so badass so cool um but everything she makes is just so elegant and clean and pure and just the best expression of itself she we have the the ampaleo wines which Mm -hmm. she works with two other people on as a pet project in tuscany that's one that's i I, it's one of my favorite projects she does we have their skin contact trebbiano we are gonna be pouring the carignan btg chilled red um it's it's also part of march wine club if you missed it sorry uh the wine sold out so uh don't cry for me argentina we might have a few bottles left yeah we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's really amazing. And then I, I think her wines under her name, Foradori, are some mm-hmm. of like the most impressive. The Noziola is always my favorite. She's a Me white too. grape varietal. Me too. It's kind of like takes on, depending on the vintage, such a different characteristic. It's so weather dependent, climate dependent, but totally. every time the expression is really cool. Yeah, they really, I mean, in some ways, they don't taste like Burgundy, but they remind me of Burgundy in the way that they express themselves in the glass. Just the really powerful aromatics, the intensity, the changing with the vintage, like you mentioned, I I think they're really special. Yeah, they're so special. Obviously, we love our girl Martha Stuman. Oh, yeah. Big fan, Martha, I love you. She's the best. Her wines are back. They're coming in now, her new releases. They're just amazing. If you don't know, she's making wine mostly in Mendocino. Mostly by herself, too. Yeah. Such a badass. Tiny team. She invited me to go to Harvest last year. I couldn't go, but maybe I'll be able to go this year. She's so cool. If you don't know about her wines, like join her wine club. I just totally. like could not want to support her more. She's amazing. She worked for Chris Brockway at Brock Cellars for seven years, then finally branched out on her own. And she also has worked with other like really cool natural winemakers around the world. Which oh, I think really? Is really yeah. Oh, like, she worked with John Baptiste Sinan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, shout out Zev Rovine Collection. Maybe also. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Fuck yeah, Coke. I, I love Ateneus Baru. Mm. She's making wine in Burgundy in France. She's just a boss. Okay. She is the number one boss of bosses in my mind of Chardonnay. Totally. Her vineyards are impeccable. Her wines are insanely good. We should definitely encourage everyone here to get her any any wine from her. They're Always. under Chateau Baru and they're so, so good. New to the shop, we yeah. have Brande yes. coming out of Oregon. Oh, my God. Also, such a badass. Yeah. She's super cool. She makes this skin contact Viognier called Tears of Vulcan. Tears of Vulcan. And what they said when I tasted it was that 
if the Tears of Vulcan has this like shirtless man who's really muscly on it, mm-hmm. and they put it on there as a reaction to all of the naked female bodies that are often I, on wine. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that she said that. And immediately, it was so funny. Both of us, when they said that, started looking around the shop to see, do we have any bottles with naked women on them? <laughs> we don't have that many. I was like, we have Fourier, and like that one's yeah. <laughs> so random and so abstract. But yeah, that's so funny. Yesterday, we tasted the Valentina Pasolacqua wines, which yes. were really cool. And I love, too, that she is getting her daughters involved, and they're mm. super young. I think, I correct me if I'm wrong, Ruby, but I think she said that they're 9 and 11, her oh. daughters. And Legacy. they're already they're already working with her. I just think that's so such a cool way to like empower your kids. So cool. Italy has a lot of badass female winemakers. Totally. Sanfriolo, mm-hmm. Sanguinetto. Okay Pinti. Okay Pinti. The list goes on and on. We could sit here for hours. Anyway. For literally hours. You want to get into some female winemakers, you know who to go see. Sasha at Helen's Wines on Fairfax. Hey. That's what's up. Also forgot to shout out in the beginning, uh, my sister is an Aries also, so Super, super. April 8th? Love for Aries. No, March 25th. Oh, my God. I was going to be <laughs> like, right around the oh, corner. my God. <laughs> Sasha, thank you so much for coming. Thank and you. first of many visits, I hope. I hope so, too. This is great. Yeah, super fun. Um, thank you, everyone, for supporting female winemakers. And female they're, psalms. And female songs, because we're just winemakers and we're just psalms. Yes. But we haven't had the advantages of men, so we just need a little bit of that praise, and that's what Wine Face was about today. Totally. Thanks, everybody. This is Helen, owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. You'll find me here, or you can find me on Instagram, at Helen's Wines. DM me if there's anything you want to talk Talk about this has been Wine Face, my podcast, breaking down the ins and outs of wines, telling stories, talking shop. Please message me if you have any topics you want to hear about, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It means so much and is so helpful. Thank you. Peace out.